Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. My name's Stephen Walsh. Coming up, we'll be chatting to Ricky Miller, one of the co-founders of Avery Hill Publishing, for a little review of 2019 so far in comics and culture. But first up, some Avery Hill news. Up on sale on our website right now is our Autumn 2019 Titles pre-order bundle. For just £40, you can secure your copies of Walking Distance by Lizzie Stewart, Mimi and the Walls by Alabaster Pizzo, The Tower in the Sea by B. Muir, and Internet Crusader by George Wylersong. You'll also be guaranteeing yourself any extras that are bundled in with the titles on release. Those orders ship in September, but you'll need to be quick to get your copies now. There's only 100 of these bundles available, and once they're gone, they're gone. Head over to averyhillpublishing.com to grab one now. And now, here's some information on other comics podcasts you may enjoy. Oh, we've had an email asking if we wanted to do an advert for the Avery Hill podcast. Oh, that's nice of them. Does that mean we can't swear? Yeah, pretty much. So, no words like... Or... And definitely no. Oh, gay real comics. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, we're the Awesome Comics Pod. You can find us at awesomecomics.podbean.com or on iTunes and as the Awesome Comics Podcast. And buy a copy of our Awesome Comics Anthology at www.awesomecomicpod.bigcartel.com. Oh, that was very professional, wasn't it? I knew that'd go alright. Some news from a couple of our favourite comic shops now. Orbital Comics are currently running their summer sale through to the 2nd of August. And that means 50% off of all back issues and a selection of reduced graphic novels. This is an in-store only offer, so head over there now to make the most of it. And Gosh Comics have announced the latest in their exclusive bookplate editions, which is for the Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion collection. They're going to have 300 copies with a bookplate featuring all new art by Gabrielle Barr that's going to be signed by Gabrielle Barr and Gerard Way. Head over to goshlondon.com for all the details. And now, our chat with Ricky. Hello, Ricky. How are you doing? Hey, Steve. I am doing okay. You interrupted me mid-Kate Bush album, so... I am sorry. I mean, I did... I'm I'm in that frame of mind. I'm feeling wispy and poetic. (laughs) This is is beautiful. Just imagine you wearing some sort of... I want to say diaphanous. That's the word, isn't it? For the sort of (laughs) vaguely see-through, wispy sort of... And a, a, a breeze blowing your hair gently. It's very alluring. It's very nice. You, you know that's standard. <laughs> Friday night in the Avery Hill office. And anyone who follows on Twitter will have seen, you know, one square foot of the Avery office and proof that we have a record player because uh, <laughs> you do, you do. I, I really like those tweets. They're nice little, nice little punctuating tweets that just pop up from time to time, just you listening to a good record. It's good. Yeah, it's either that or I would have to uh, tweet my pizza box, boxes. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just going to have a little chat to start with about comics in 2019. And I, when I say that, it sounds like it's going to be a massive indictment or attack on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal with comics in 2019. But I just thought it's the midpoint of the year and um, just be interesting to have a chat about comics in general and also what we've been up to on the Avery Hill side of things. Yes, and no prep required for that, so I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, it's just talking about comics, it's easy. Um, to, to start with, it's something that we sort of chatted about a bit on email, but like, I was in London recently, and I know you visited the No Hirosawa show at uh, Japan House in London. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which is tremendous, isn't it? Yeah, as someone who uh, loves uh, 20th Century Boys and also loves original art, it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a feast free to get in i couldn't get over it when, when i spoke to you about it beforehand and asked you how long i need it and you said oh about an hour there's like a few like um 
pads of like old notebooks and stuff and some original art. And then I walked in there and up on the ground floor, there's like a glass uh, section where yeah. inside there are some notebooks and some original art. And there's, there's like, about five about, sketchbooks. Yeah. yeah, it's about two foot by two foot. And I was like, yeah, I can always spend an hour in here. Yeah, like, <laughs> Um, but I don't think I can. And then uh, I was about to leave, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> the thing is, if it was that two-foot square room with five notebooks in and a mannequin dressed as a character from 20th Century Boys, I'd have gone worth a trip. Yeah, I know. still worth a trip. And then you go downstairs, you know, oh, here's uh, loads of original art from everything he's ever done, including things that haven't been translated into English. What a feast! Yeah, it was kind of empty as well when I went. I went, I guess I went quite late on a Friday afternoon stroke evening. Um, but it was still like, there's only about four or five people in it. So you just, it's all in one room and you just kind of chill and do it at your own pace. And yeah, it was, it was super. I um I went mid afternoon midweek and I thought it might be quiet just because of that but uh, no it was a decent crowd in there but I, I still got to see everything which was nice it was also a nice bit as I went in they had uh, a woman at the door uh, just to sort of uh, there was a thing about not taking photographs of uh, the original artwork which was fine um, but also uh, I noticed that the person before me and the person after me, she asked, do you read comics? Do you understand how manga works? But she didn't ask me because I had a gosh carrier bag with me. So she knew it. She was like, uh, and I, didn't, I hadn't thought it deliberately. It just was the, the, the carrier bag I was bringing around that day. Uh, but she sort of waved me through and I was like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not my first road yet. She did ask me. Um, she also like, I ended up talking to her for about 20 minutes in the end. Doing, half of that was about Bob Dylan. I can't remember why. <laughs> But yeah, she totally shamed me. Like, um, I've read 20th Century Boys, I'm reading 20th Century Boys, so she started asking me loads of questions about it, and then I couldn't really remember anything, uh, including anyone's <laughs> names. So she's like, Have you read this bit yet? Have you read this bit yet? I was like, uh, uh, I don't know now, and now I feel like a fake fanboy. Um, and I, I kept mentioning that I published comics, but she wasn't interested. But it's also, it's a bit unfair with 20th Century Boys, because like, it's about 70% red herrings. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, I read this, but you're like, yeah, but that, was, did that happen? Or was that just a thing that they talk about, but never actually, I mean, it's a <laughs> tremendous piece of work, as all of this stuff that I've ever read is. Firmly the opinion, if, if it sticks to land, then it's going to be possibly my favourite of a comic, apart from From Hell, because always the brackets are apart from From Hell. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, especially when I started reading it, and I didn't know what to expect. It was, and it's pretty much the first manga I've ever read. Nora, who used to work with Gosh, uh, maybe read it. It's just mind blowing, really. Yeah, it's yeah the the sort of scope and scale of it. Because I mean, the initial sort of premise is great, but then the fact that it just sort of constantly morphs and pivots from story to idea to yeah, it's it's a, a wonderful uh, feast. Anything you read this year that you've particularly enjoyed, like from this year? You go now. I'm trying to think what else I've read. It's a bit of an odd one. Like, it sort of snuck up on me. I, I think I just sort of read about it on the Gosh Authority, which is their sort of weekly roundup of, of what's coming out. I hadn't, I guess, like not being in the shop now, you don't really see things in advance, you know, in the same way that I used to. But it's a, a book came out earlier this year called Giraffes on Horseback Salad. Uh, and it's essentially the premise of it is. It's an unfinished screenplay for a Marx Brothers movie by Salvador Dali. <laughs> yeah. 
so this guy, Josh Frank, who did a book with Stephen Appleby uh, a few years back, which was uh, about the true story of the first ever commercially produced pornographic movie in France. So he's, he finds these odd little, you know, corners in history. But he, he said he just read, he, he's like fascinated by Dali and fascinated by the Marx Brothers and read about this this screenplay. And the, the actual sort of mechanics of him putting it together is as interesting as the, the sort of comic itself. So he sort of, he realises that there must be notes to this and he sort of has a dig around and he, he realises there's a notebook in the uh, archives of the Pompidou Centre in Paris. So he requests a copy of that to be sent to him, which he gets, but then obviously it's all in Spanish, so he has to get it translated. And then it's still incomplete. It's sort of ideas for scenes and a general scenario. So to basically fill out the story, he calls, you know, Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric fame. Basically, it's like odd uh, American comedy duo who do sort of weird, very weird things, really good uh, stuff. But he's like... Josh Frank's like, I think he, Tim Heidecker is America's premier absurdist. So he, they sort of sit down and he sort of gets Tim Heidecker to fill out what he imagines would be the other bits of this story and the other sort of like skits and scenarios. And they essentially write out as best they can. And also like he, he sort of tries to channel what Dali was doing at the time in, in his work and what the Marx brothers were up to and how old they were. So like physically what they would do is really, really sort of interesting. And then um, the, the, the comic itself is the presentation of this film about this sort of workaholic businessman and it's all in black and white. And then the Marx brothers turn up and it goes into color. And you're like, Oh, this is nice. Sort of so it's really sort of um, an interesting thing, but the, just the sort of Genesis of the whole thing I thought was, um, uh, really interesting. But yeah, just an odd, odd thing, uh, and uh, you know that doesn't seem to be being uh, talked about too much at the moment. But I'm, yeah. I'm not massively up on this year's stuff. I didn't realise Jason had a new book out until about two weeks ago, and I think that's been out for about a month. So I've got that coming over from Josh at some point. Yeah, I think that's a collection, isn't it? Or, or like more of his uh, short right. strips together. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I realised I read Immortal Hulk Volume One. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah, it kind of it reminded me a lot of uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, in the, in sort of channeling a greater story about contemporary America, isn't he? And just sort of like you know feeding that through a filter of horror, which you know doesn't need much of a filter of horror at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, Al Ewing, I think, has been like a tremendous writer for Marvel for a long time. I'm glad he's getting like a high-profile gig that's getting a lot of attention. I, I have actually bought quite a lot of stuff because obviously I, I went to CCAF and I always try and buy quite a lot there. So I've got like um, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with English I need right. to read. Yeah. Uh, I bought a couple of stuff by Pal Pal Press. Did you know Pal Pal no. Press? No, no. So they're they're a Canadian uh, publisher and they primarily do like uh, French language uh, books, but they they started um, translating them and doing some English ones and their stuff's amazing. It's just right. so nice. Right. Um, but I, I didn't really know them. Like you, you would love them. Like you should totally check them out. So, yeah, I'll have a look. I'll certainly give them a go. Yeah, they, they don't really have distribution over here, so I, I hadn't even heard them, which is my fault, I'm sure. And um, but they they were just a couple of tables down from us, so. Yeah, I kind of uh, picked up their books and Kelsey Ross' uh, book as well, which I haven't read that yet either. But with, which is generally how it goes, especially when I'm editing lots of comics. I tend to try not to read comics while I'm editing 
comics just right. like a... just so yeah keep things pure Basics. and keep the channels clear and yeah yeah it's hard wasn't it like you're, you're spending so much time making comics or being involved in the making of comics that you can't really dig into comics probably as much as you'd like no no i've seen a lot of comics films but um <laughs> 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 he's like we got to see spider-man far from home and you're like i can't i'm editing a comic and i'm sure like, you ain't a comic about spider-man going to italy are you let's pivot again over to the world of avery hill publishing yes good year um, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking the right guy now you know, just give your unvarnished unbiased opinion on the output of uh... hate it hate it, hate it. Um, yeah it's kind of it's just we're at, we're at that point of the year where we just rush in to get all the um, awesome books yeah. finished. It's like at a print file, going to the printer, realizing everything's longer and in a different dimension than you thought it was <laughs> um, because you're an idiot. Um, and, yeah, so we're, we're kind of at that stage. And, yeah, like lots of stuff to do with back covers and spines of books. So at the moment it's very hard to uh, have perspective on it. Yeah, to, to to get like an aerial view of what's happening. But I know they'll all come out, and they might cost us more than we thought they would. But um, they'll they'll be excellent. Um, and uh, they'll yeah, it's kind of um, yeah. It, it, this year's been kind of slow burner really because we only had because we have to push a book to a bit later in the year. So we only had two come out in the first half of the year, which is very rare for us. Yeah. Um, which are Marble Cake and Desolation Wilderness. And they both came out in June um, around uh, for Old Calf. So up until then, I actually, it was quite quiet, which is good. We didn't, <laughs> didn't really do a lot of shows as well um, because there hasn't really been a lot of shows going on uh, in the UK this year. So we did, we've only done TCAF and Old Calf so far this year um and both of which went really really well and both of them are great for buying stuff as much as anything else so um yeah that they're enjoyable but uh yeah it's the kind of the carnage time is coming so. <laughs> yeah again from a distance just seeing what people were saying online it seemed like lcap was a real big hit this year in terms of people uh enjoying it yeah, sadly, I, I could only do the Sunday this year. Um, Dave did the Saturday, uh, but I, I was away. I was in um, uh, in Denmark because I got invited out to do uh, to a um, an art school out there. Oh and, right. Yeah, so they they do. It's it's amazing. So with a, a, a life model, is it? Yeah. Mr. Miller, why are you not wearing trousers? If you don't look after yourself, kids, this is how you can end up. So, yeah, so they, they invite me out there to do kind of reviews of their graphic novel pitches. Um, oh, very so, that, like, their second year project is they all have to do a pitch for a graphic novel. And um, they have, like, loads of creators come out and help them. And then they pitch them to a panel of publishers. So, it was me, a uh, Danish publisher, and Penguin Random House in the in the Random, Random House graphics rep from uh, the US. So and then there was like 
30 students who have to pitch their graphic novels to us uh, and we have to give them feedback on those so it, and that, that was our weekend which which was really good fun so um, yeah it sounds great also uh you know, very nice to be invited to sit on the phone with someone from Penguin Random House. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, oh, this is legit. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was proper. And like the, the Danish publisher, are, like big deal as well. They do like uh, Tintin books in, in right. Denmark and stuff. I mean, I've uh, heard of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy, the guy who runs it. Yeah, uh, the guy, the guy who runs it. I've met him a couple of times at shows. Um, so, uh, without really knowing who he was. And right. Then, right. He invited me to do it last year as well, but I couldn't do it last year. I think it was either TCAF or LCAF or something like that last year. So I couldn't, but this year I thought, oh, okay, no, no, I'll, I'll try and make an effort. And then they picked me up at the station. They put me up in a hotel. They took me out for dinner. Fantastic. It's like, does not happen in comics very often. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Yeah. And some interesting stuff there? Yeah, really good stuff, actually. Like, the quality was uh, really high. Like, a couple of the third years have already been picked up by um, big U.S. publishers from probably from the last time they did their, their graphic novel pitches. And, yeah, there's a few people I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. Keep on the radar. Really, I guess, really like, people. if you're the kind of art school that is inviting someone from Penguin Random House and the guy who's publishing Tintin in your country... It's going to be a decent place, and it's going to, be, you know, they're going to have a certain level of uh, of student there. That's great. Yeah, and um, it's because it's a uh, country, a, a for, country with a bit of foresight. They actually, don't charge their students to go there, uh, so that they're all the students are funded. Um, and madness. absolute madness. Come on, yeah, it's, it's absolutely madness. Monetize it. Monetize. It's not worth <laughs> it if it hasn't got a, a value attached to it. Come well, on. there are a few foreign students there, so I assume they are making them. Yeah, so and the facilities are amazing and yeah, they had they've had loads of people go out there. I mean I can't remember any of them off the top of my head, but like, loads <laughs> of really good uh, comics writers and artists um tutoring the students and stuff is uh, yeah, it's a, they're a very like, lucky bunch of people. Fantastic. So as you say, uh, Desolation Wilderness and Marble Cake uh, dropped at LCAF. What would uh, any people heading to Thought Bubble this year expect to find at the Avery Hill publishing table? So because Thought Bubble is a bit later in the year, we will have had all, all of our books <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. That's good. yeah, all four of our books that we've got coming out will, will all be out. By then. So in September, the books we have coming out are Mimi and the Wolves by Alabaster Pizzo. And Mimi and the Wolves is that, that's book one of Alabaster's self published series. So it's books one to three of, of that collected. And in a couple of years, when she's finished it, there'll be book two will come out, which will be books four and five of her uh, series, which will complete it. And um, it's a comic that I've been reading pretty much as long as I can remember liking self-published stuff, which will be since, probably since that started coming out. And it's I've always said it's the best thing coming out of self-published comics. I thought lots more people knew about it, but I'm not entirely sure they do now. Um, and so it's very exciting to be able to uh, get our hands on it and put it in a nice hardcover and um, try and get it 
a bit more attention. Yeah, I think it is going to feel like a new book for a lot of people. Like yourself, I've sort of read it before. We'd uh, carry it a, a, a gosh as part of the sort of... Uh, was it was it retrofit? No, yeah. no, it's, it's all self-published, so, yeah. Oh, I, 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 you know what? We might have just got copies from shows then, I guess. Well, uh, I, I, I used to distro it for her, so... Uh, oh, I, there you go. I am from her. <laughs> you, got, I, got, I got copies from you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's um, it's a fantastic uh, series, and you, you, I think there's a real, as you say, it's been coming for a while, but it feels very now as well in terms of the sort of look and the tone and the feel of it. It's got that sort of uh, fantasy element, the anthropomorphic uh, element. You know, it sort of it feels like a, a blend of sort of folklore and character design that wouldn't look unusual in uh, a video game like sort of Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing. It's got that sort of uh, feeling of something current, but also something classical in terms of the sort of folklore elements as well. Yeah, and also kind of nice and weird as well. It's mm. like, I mean, I'm, I'm always kind of on edge with it, just thinking is something terrible going to happen. Just, <laughs> I uh, think... Uh, the first couple of issues I read, it sort of initially made me it sort of uh, felt a bit like bone to me. You know that whole thing of like the anthropomorphism and the um, the sort of impending danger and whatnot. But it's very much uh, its its own thing. It's got swears in it, which threw me the first time that happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually well. And yeah, I, I think Alabaster probably thinks of it more in terms of Moomin rather than yeah. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I can definitely see that. But again, in a very, very odd, odd book. But mm. I, I think that's what makes it special, really. Is is it's like a lot of other things, but also it's totally got its own. Yes, yeah, it's absolutely its own thing, isn't it? And the cartooning, just from the first page, is incredibly good. Yeah, um, I say the character I, designs, I think, are just so sort of vivid, aren't they? Yeah, and, and a lot, especially as it's been coming out for many years now, um, you, you would expect to see like style change or something, but it, it didn't really need to just because it, it was always good. And yeah, it's it, it, it was an ambition to have it really. I was pestering her for a long time um, <laughs> to try and get it, and then eventually she was just like, oh, I've got a job, I work in make cartoons now, so you, you can have it if you want. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> also, just to shut you up, probably as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's how I get most things. So, so yeah, so we got, we got that coming out, and then uh, also the other September book is uh, Internet Crusader by George Wildersong, which I've had a chance to read a preview copy of. And, and you've uh, read it, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I read it like the minute it dropped into my inbox. It's like. <laughs> remarkable isn't it what a piece of work <laughs> yeah it's i'm so pleased <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so pleased it exists as a yeah, thing it's, it, it was one of those ones where you were i mean george, we would have done anything george wise yeah exactly it's, that's the yeah, thing isn't it we love him we love ghost etc which was the first book we did his a couple of couple of years yeah it was 2017 i think that was uh, a couple of years ago now and we we kind of I don't even know how we got this book, really. He just said, do you want to do another book? And I said, yeah, okay. Because uh, I, I assumed uh, he would 
will find the graphics or someone like that will come after him. Right, uh, yeah. Because I know people who were there who were fans of his, um, but I think we just got in too quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we kind of know him personally now, like we've done a couple of shows with him and we took him to, to Mice, which, which was great, um, and to SPX. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those ones where got a good personal relationship, we work well, he knows he can do whatever he likes, he's happy with how Ghost has been selling. So um, so when he told me what he wanted to do, I was like, oh, that sounds hilariously good. It'll be, it'll be a great little book. I felt like it, the way he was describing it, I thought it was going to be kind of more of a art book type thing where you just kind of look at it and I'm already amused by some pictures and there's a bit of narrative, but not a lot. Uh, and then I got, I think, about half of it and read it. And I was like, just blown away <laughs> again, really. It was, um, uh, I just was laughing from page one. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just... Um, it's I just... think in the, in the promo stuff, we're calling it a love letter to the early internet, which is a great way to describe it, isn't it? Just in it, terms it of, like, it's that. Like, if you were online those first few years and, like, yeah, literally dialing up the internet, and, like you know all these things that he's talking about. Not in, and it's great because it's, it, even with that, with his, you know, obviously it's in America, so again it's a different thing. But like, there's so much that still strikes a chord, and like the whole premise, and like it's just brilliant from start to finish. With, with your permission, uh, I shared the uh, advanced copy I got with our, our mutual friend Jack because yes. uh, as much as we love George Wylasol, we combined do not love George Wylasol as much as Jack loves George Wylasol. <laughs> Jack, um, who, I, I don't know if I, did you ever see the picture of the fire, the fire warning folder from his work? Uh, I don't think so. I think he put it onto Twitter, but basically um, it was, it's this fire warning folder and like the cover image is this weird sort of, mix of uh sort of clip art and color and uh looks like it's been sort of like treated but it's just faded from use and um he, he must have just messaged it to me then but he just messaged me a picture of thing and just said uh, accidental wireless soul <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing jack is like he loves that work so much he's cued to spot it in the real world <laughs> so he will spot george wireless soul's fingerprints on things and he was blown away by it. He uh, he messaged back to say, uh, "I've just pre-ordered, or uh, I've just decided to pre-order my set, my first Avery Hill book since Between the Billboards." So if if you've got Jack McEnroy hooked this early on, then you you've really done something. Right. He was so disappointed by Between the Billboards that he hasn't been from book. <laughs> He's like, "I'm not getting burned again." I say, it's not all pottery. Some of it's good. Come on. <laughs> so. Yeah, so In That Crusader is about a teenage boy uh, at the beginnings of the internet who's kind of uh, online talking to his mate primarily, and uh, it's all done in screenshots of his computer. You, know, you never actually see uh, the kid himself. and You never see anything of, apart from the computer screen. That's that's the thing yeah. that like I thought was incredible, just that sort of thing of like, oh, right, this is, this is bold, isn't it? This is brave. Yeah. Um, and generally, if we haven't been putting it out, I wouldn't read that kind of thing because uh, I'd just be like, oh, it's gimmicky, it's annoying. Uh, but I had to read it because uh, I had to edit it, uh, even though there's very little editing to, to do it in the George Wallace's book, uh, especially in this where it's a win kind of teen internet 
typos yeah, exactly, so yeah. all the typos are there on purpose exactly yeah. not on purpose um and also you're not going to give him pointers about like skater chat from the 90s are you so, yeah I mean, hopefully it, hopefully you're not ricky don't do that <laughs> <laughs> um i was like you need more eights instead of a's <laughs> um and so yeah so it's all screenshots and, and really most of the action is like him uh his instant messages his blog posts uh and his emails that he receives um, and part of the way through the book, you suddenly come to the conclusion that uh, there's been a uh, virus has entered the world's computers from Satan, and it's taken everybody <laughs> over, apart from him uh, and a couple of other people. Uh, God has to get him to go into a video game and defeat Satan. Uh, so that, that that's essentially the premise, and then it kind of plays out, and essentially the whole screen is the video game for a very, very long time, and it's the most visual... It's, it's a masterpiece. It's just... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a uh, feast. It's an absolute feast, isn't it? You're just, like, digging into it going, this is remarkable stuff. Yeah, and you could tell... I mean, he did it so quickly. You could just tell he loved making this. He oh, was just yeah, kind yeah. of... Yeah, this was all we wanted to do for a, for a very long time. Uh, but my, my favorite bit is the point where uh, you, you can always see, like, his email uh, list. And yeah. uh, at one point, you suddenly realize I've got about 12 messages from God that he hasn't bothered with opening. Uh, Unread. Yeah, it's that open ones from his mates in between them. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's... And also, uh, when God tells him what his mum's... Uh, computer password is is one of the uh, most juvenile but hilarious things I've read in a very very long time. Also, I, um, again, just with it's just really interesting thing, isn't it? It's sort of the idea of the limitation of you are only allowed to show the screen, but then George is so good, like um, you know, occasionally he's listening to music and that informs character as well, doesn't it? Because he is like you know, you know. I, I wasn't a skater boy in the 90s, but I recognised a lot of those tracks and a lot of those bands as being very much part of that scene. So that sort of helps to open the world up a little bit as well. Yeah, it was, it's such a, a smart piece of work you know, on so many levels. Yeah, and, and there's just like uh, kind of side characters will appear and they're fully realised, even though mm. they're just little instant messages. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, you know who these people are. You don't need to <laughs> yeah. know what they look like. Yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's... It's a masterpiece. It's, it's, everyone's going to be talking about this, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's our job to make sure that happens. Yes, exactly. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> they better. They better. <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those ones where I feel like a massive amount of responsibility to make sure that everyone sees it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jack was saying to me, he was like, I really think like um, there's loads of culturally important people that would... Uh, be into this like you know who are not necessarily necessarily part of like you know the, the scene that this kid will be playing but would you know be interested in this the idea of the early years of the internet and um i think even just uh, today actually i messaged you i was going to be talking to you tonight and i was like well, we're going to be talking about uh wireless on he was like yeah i really think uh 
like he, if you could get a copy to Brett Easton Ellis, he'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, there's a guy called Jay Moore who's an actor who uh, does a podcast. He he played like the douchey agent in Jerry Maguire, and uh, he used to talk. He used to have his manager on the podcast, and he talked about how his friends and family would be like, uh, JJ, you need to just do one of those Martin Scorsese films. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. <laughs> that is the end game here. <laughs> I'm not turning him down to not do it. <laughs> it's something of like, you should get a copy of Brady's Nest. I'd love to, if you could just... <laughs> yeah, a couple of people were said to me, so I was like, oh, yeah, you should get like one of your books to that Hermione Granger person, because she'll... Uh, yeah, she'll... Or J.K. Rowling, <laughs> one of those two would be useful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, no, you're, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, just, I'll just send one to their P.O. box or something, I'm sure they'll get it. I'm just trying to get Oprah Winfrey on the George Wireless or bandwagon. That's, that's the key, in it? Once we do that, <laughs> she'd love it. They'd all love it. They, they, there's no one that would read that and not get a kick out of it, I think. That's September, and then October, we have Walking Distance coming out by Lizzie Stewart. And Walking Distance is an illustrated essay about Lizzie just going out walking and the politics of that and how she feels about being able to go out walking and things that you encounter along the way when you're a young woman who just likes walking around. Um, and I'm describing this really badly. I'm describing this like a mare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that thing isn't it as you say i think the important thing is like you know as you say the politics of what she's doing she's going for a walk but there's more to it than that simple act isn't yeah, it that's I the thing it's so is loaded that. with ideas and meaning behind it yeah i think I, I keep saying the politics and that's what i've written in like uh blurbs and things but yeah i don't think lizzie would consider it a political book or, or at least no not at all thinking about that in that kind of way it's more it's it's more um it's not really a memoir, but it, it is. It's just like a little. It's uh, a meditation. It's her thoughts on on this uh, on, on what she's doing and how you know the world around her receives it and how she perceives the world. I, I think also it's that thing of like you know the the thing of it is it's certainly not written as any sort of political polemic or manifesto or screed or anything like that. But it's that thing you know it's always been the case, but it feels like much more now than ever but politics is infused into everything isn't it there's nothing that's not political in that sense the way she sort of like presents it does feel very sort of loaded with meaning even without her you know that's i think that's the beauty of it the fact that it's not written in this heavy clunky sort of way but those those the meaning is absolutely there as well yeah, I, I, it's the iconography, it's the imagery of, uh, that, that's kind of where it's, it starts off from, of um, mainly women from 1970s films in walking around generally New York, and how Lizzie does the same thing in London, and really what what that, that means today, and um, how people react to that, and how she feels about that. Uh, but also there are some very nice drawings. Yes, uh, yeah, it's beautifully put together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. It, it's kind of a weird one because um, it's the first prose book we've done. I'm now thinking, is it the first prose book we've done? But I think it is. Uh, and so it's very hard to know what to tweet because at the moment we're basically just tweeting the images. So I, I don't think people even, a lot of people won't even realise that 
that there's pros that goes along with it. I think that's another great example of, I think that is going to be very much word of mouth, and particularly at a show, and particularly, I think, like a, a show at Thought Bubble, I can see people sort of picking it up, buying it, reading it, telling their friends about it. You know, I, I can really see it getting a, a, a buzz around itself at a show. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're hopefully we'll, we'll be up here. Lizzie's come to a couple of things as well. We're having a launch party at Gosh uh, that Lizzie's coming to. Uh, also, that uh, B with the other book that we've got coming out this year, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, if anyone doesn't know Lizzie's comics, they, they should check out Lizzie's comics as well. She's definitely one of our best UK self-publishers of comics. Uh, I've, I've been reading her books and trying to get her to do something with us for, yeah, for, for many years now. And um, generally... If a Lizzie Stewart book comes out, it's very high in my uh, list of books of the year. Yeah, she's great, and I think we've, we've uh, got hold of a real winner with this one. Finally, book of the year is The Tower in the Sea by B. Muir, which is another Ismir book, and that is coming out in October as well. Um, yeah, and they, they've got a joint, Lizzie and B have got a joint launch party of Gosh on the 5th, Saturday the 5th of October. Um, which should be fun. But, yeah, I, I think this is B's best work to date, and I know he's very excited about it as well. Yeah, everything about it is kind of leveled up, really. Like, the, the artwork that I've seen is amazing, the colouring, which B is starting to get known for a lot now um, as a colourist. I, I, that tends to be, like, the reaction that we get mostly on social media is talking about the colouring. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of out of this world again. Yeah, I've not seen any of this one yet, but having read the other two is my books, I'm really looking forward to it as well. And I got excited a couple of weeks back where B was featured on the front page of the comics reporter, just sort of Tom Spurgeon <laughs> just sort of going, here's something that looks great, you know, which was uh, really sort of exciting to, to stumble upon. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping that um, B goes on to keep making amazing books really because I again I think he's one of our best people around and one of those people that I'm very excited that we've got on our list. Well Ismail as well is a great example of one of those things where I have not seen anything for this third book, but I'm really looking forward to this third book. You know what I mean? It's just sort of Yeah, and it's kind of again it's lots of uh, contemporary stuff going on in there, but the the eco side of it, the protest side of things, um and, yeah, just the general world-building as well is such a lovely place to spend time. All the characters are generally very nice, and there's lots of interesting things around every corner. The imagery's great, and he, he's put himself in a situation where he can just make stories set in this universe, all of them stand alone, but also there's kind of a, a big arc going on as well, which is kind of bubbling under. Yeah, and it's, they've all been selling well. I think we're going to reprint is mere and terrible means this year once we've got some money as we just just has a reprint on the sunbeam and also the great north world we just reprinted that this year so I, yeah that, that's why i'm feeling like i've done a lot this year it's yeah we have we have lots of big reprints as well um, yeah, it's interesting sort of that evolution as well for us as a company to sort of get to the point where you're like oh we have to do a reprint of the, a big hardback book <laughs> 
yeah. which is sort of like you know exciting but terrifying at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, especially you kind of printed it in the first place. Going, I wonder if we'll even sell half of these in the life of the book, and then you sell out all of them within <laughs> six months. I think it was six, seven months. I think it was where they sold out, and it's great off wood as well. I mean, like it's it's gone gangbusters. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's swept South London. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's got us into uh, loads of places which we we hadn't really been in before. And, yeah, it just keeps selling. And it's a beautiful book as well. So, yeah, very pleased for uh, for Tim especially. Um, well, for but, both those books, it really feels like they've got legs. Do you know what I mean? Like, these are things that are, are not going to be sort of like, you know, fly by night and forgotten in a year or so. They feel like they're things that will sort of have a life to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that's partly the quality of the books. Um, obviously, it very much helps that first second put it out in the US. So it's got, uh, keeps getting traction out there, um, uh, Tilly's book. Um, but then also, it's because we've probably been investing a lot more in publicity. Uh, like we hired someone to do um, PR for the first time this year. So. Um, Sarah Ray, and uh, the first book she did it on was The Great North Woods, uh, which kind of gave her that book to um, see how she'd get on, and uh, yeah, she, that kind of flew. So, um, yeah, there's that side thing. Got, she got Tim in the paper up a tree, didn't she? I mean, this is, yeah, this <laughs> is what you... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, obviously, we, we had you on board with selling and your South London Connections, and Cat doing marketing and not having to do all the PR stuff. She can just focus on producing the market materials and doing our social media and things like that. So we, we've kind of uh, upped that game in all that stuff, which which is important. It's like we're we're custodians of these books. It's our job to get them to as many people as we can. So we'll we'll, we'll invest all we can in doing that. Lovely stuff, Ricky. Thanks so much for talking to us. No worries. Thank you very much, Steve. Um, I'll see you soon. I mean, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> who knows where, who knows when. Probably Thought Bubble, <laughs> if not before. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. See ya. Thanks to Ricky again for talking to us, and thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programs you may enjoy.